You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Another fall day, another podcast Friday. Here we are. Here we are. So our today's topic is all about stress testing your financial plans. Yes. And I've often thought, you know, people kind of go about financial planning backwards, like in general, right? Like, and what I mean by that is it's, it's pretty common for a potential client and even some folks that have been clients for a while, but they'll, they'll come in with a, with a problem on their mind, like a, like something that we classify as like stress testing a plan, but it'll be, you know, I, I feel like I'm okay for retirement, but what if I go into a nursing home? What if my wife passes away before me? What if my wife lives to be 120? Um, what if the market does X, Y, Z instead of what we've expected? In all honesty, people don't come see us because things are going great. It's got they've got right. some sort of concern that they're something, worried about, right? Something's worried them. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times it's something that's happened to someone they know, mm-hmm. and they're afraid it's going to happen to them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like Bob's mom went into a nursing home and it took all of her money, and I I can't let that happen. And yeah. And it, it's not that these are valid concerns, but we we look at that as let's let's figure out what a normal plan looks like for you first, and then let's see if these other things break it. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think it's you know it's an important part of the process, but you're right, it's part of the process. So obviously, we have to get kind of a baseline before we start testing some of this stuff. But I also right. think it's invaluable to clients to kind of run through some of these scenarios and and Mm -hmm. start to get their mind to think about what possible solutions might be and whether or not they're going to be okay or what things they might need to do now in order to give them a better potential outcome in the future if something does happen. Fast forwarding to the end here, there's no way to really control for the things that will stress a plan without either A, saving more money, B, spending less in retirement, or C, paying some sort of insurance premium or opportunity cost of some sort to handle that particular stressor, right? And so without the context of the overall plan, it's really hard to say, hey, is it is it worth it for me to buy a long-term care policy? Is it worth it for me to take less risk with my portfolio in case you know the market doesn't do what I hope it will do? All of those things come with other downsides. So you've got to kind of have that that normal situation figured out to know what the differences would be. It's just, you know, it's kind of like the the first step that's kind of so important before you start kind of worrying about some of the stuff that comes up in the plan. I guess the, the big the big things that we see quite often is kind of, you know, we, we talked about a couple of those, but nursing home, spouse dies early, or one of them that we're currently somewhat experiencing is, well, what if the market does X, Y, or Z, right? Right, right, right. Or, you know, what if I live too long? Mm-hmm. 
this this one hasn't well actually this came up for me just a couple of weeks ago you know we've got a pension built into our plan but i'm a little worried it's not going to be so you know what so that's another another potential stressor or just what about the unexpected spending needs you know what if uh what if i end up needing to move you know what if uh what if we're wrong about our our um our basic living expenses. Sure. Or another one too, Dave, would be the, uh, what if there's a cut to social security? The one yeah. that, with the one that yeah. we've heard for years and years and years yeah. and just continue to ignore, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and boy, we can, we can talk about that. We've talked about that before. That's not one that keeps me up at night, but it is one that keeps a lot of clients up at night. So we do talk about that. And another one though, that's very salient right now is, Hey, you know, we were expecting lower inflation and now inflation's higher. How long can our plans sustain higher inflation rates? And, you know, what's a normal inflation rate look like right now? And that's, that's a tough, tough one to wrestle with right now. Right. Well, I can guarantee you this, if we start running inflation that, uh, well, we'll even use the most latest, the 7.7 in our plans over a long <laughs> period of time. Nobody's, Nobody nobody's going to have enough money right, to retire. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. But that, that's a whole, that's a whole nother um, couple hours worth of podcasting right there. <laughs> what, what, what inflation may do and what it would mean. Um, so, you know, the good news is once we've built a plan, a normal plan for reasonable assumptions for most people's retirement. It's pretty easy to go in and then move these levers and look side by side, right? And say, here's what it would look like if you went into a nursing home for three years in your eighties. Yeah. And you know, here's what it would look like if it was longer or shorter than that. It's easy with an asterisk next to it. Like we can go in and plug in numbers, but we always have to tell clients, you know, we're making stuff up when we do this, right? We have no idea how long, when you're going to go into a nursing home, how long you're going to be in that nursing home. All we can do, we can't model everything, right? So, so there is a, there is a point of diminishing returns to some of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think too, Dave, the hard part is there's so many variables already that we're trying to kind of solve for in creating a financial plan that, you know, we just think of all the things that we talked about. If we, you know, what what if we did all of those things at once, right? Like right. what if you're in a nursing home and inflation is high and you live too long and right. Like, right. like there's right. so many different levers to pull. What Like at what point is, the, is it actually worthwhile in terms of, you know, even doing some of right. this stuff? Right. And, you know, like, like you're fond of saying, you know, the right financial answer is to live in a cardboard box under the, under the overpass with, yeah. you know, no expenses, right? And, <laughs> and save all your money and don't do anything. As with everything, you know, protecting against these things has a cost and you've got to decide if those trade-offs of something that may be a low probability event is worth insuring against or cutting your spending now to make sure you've got money to cover it in the future for something we're never going to know. Yeah. You know, it's so tough because you don't, on the one hand, a lot of this comes out of fear, right? So we've got all these fears of, well, we, you know, we saw our friend go into a nursing home and how much money it costs. And, 
you know, we, we always kind of take the worst case scenario from some of these things. And, you know, there's a lot of people that end up needing care that it's not as drastic as $120,000 a year in a nursing home. You know, there, there's mm-hmm. a variance there, but we always assume that we're going to fall into kind of the worst case scenario. That's a really tough way to kind of run out your plan, but also to to live your life, right? I, I love one of the local attorneys here that we've used in the past and has done some seminars for us is is famous for saying, you know, you do you can do all of these things to shield your money and to make sure it doesn't get taken by Medicaid and in a spend down. But at the end of the day, wouldn't you be better off just using that to stay healthy than trying to shield it from you're gonna end up putting yourself in the place that you didn't want to be in the to begin with just by doing all these crazy things to kind of get around some of these rules to preserve some money. Bottom line is, is we can, we can always plug in scenarios, extreme scenarios, average scenarios, different things, you know, you know, the market returns one is interesting because the way the software tests the market concerns is like, what if I got, you know, 2% less on average on my portfolio or 3%, we can vary whatever that is. We know that, you know, the market oscillates and swings like a pendulum. And if we have underperformance for a certain amount of time, we will probably have overperformance to balance it out. And so while it makes a good stress test in a way, like when, when we do that, I look at that and I'm just like, well, that has never reflected reality to have it, to have market returns just be like two percent less than average for the next thirty years. It's just good. right. Well, and not, not to mention, like if market returns are that muted for a long period of time, wouldn't you would assume that inflation would also not right. be very high? So, like that right. would make up some of that difference right there. Yeah, yeah. Which which just kind of emphasizes the point that this is just a whole pile of what ifs that we're trying to parse out and figure out what's important. So. You know, but, you know, if we look at this list of possible stressors on a plan, there are ways to deal with them, you know, living too, if your, if your main concern is living too long. And if when we run the plan, yes, living five years past whatever we have in there causes a problem, you know, then leaning more heavily on pensions, delaying social security so that you've got bigger benefits longer into life, even looking at guaranteed income options such as annuitization of some assets that guarantee income for life are are definitely ways to mitigate that risk. But just again, recognize they all have their cost. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I and I don't mean to sound like this is like a like not a good idea or a good option, because I do think it's very valuable. You know, when we have market downturns, especially it's nice to be able to show people like Here's a bear market test. If your if your portfolio goes down twenty percent, here's how it's going to affect your plan, and right. have them kind of walk through that because a lot of the times it doesn't really make a big difference in terms of your long term planning goals. Right. So I think that can be super helpful to kind of get over some of those fears and not get you know swallowed up by them. And so in some ways, it's really important for people to look at these things. But I guess there's a, there's a balance, right? And, and I love talking about balance. A, you're never going to be at, like, there's no financial plan that we can put into place that's going to solve for all of these things happening all at once. Right. <laughs> like, you're, they're just, right. you know, unless you've got a billion dollars and you don't spend any of it, you're probably, you know, you're never going to get around the risk of the plan, right? 
So, but I think it does make sense to find out the balance points of, you know, what's the risk that we're taking on and what's the risk that we maybe want to kind of push off to, you know, insurance companies and and having that balance. But I think we get too caught up. And and I think some of it comes from the fact that there's a lot of salespeople out there that will find your fear and sell you something that's supposed to calm it, right? And that's a dangerous game too, because that's not always what's going to be best for you. Yeah. Uh, salesman saying, well, your clients insure everything else in their life. Why wouldn't they insure their portfolio? And in a way, you know, it's, it just, it gives it that ring of like, boy, everybody should be doing this or they're really missing out. And for some people, it makes sense. For other people, it does not. And that's, that's where we run into those, those kind of troubles. And, you know, people will, will, will worry about like, what happens to my spouse if I pass away? Or what happens to my income if she or he passes away? And, you know, for some people, that is a concern if there's pension benefits and different things involved. For other people, it doesn't really change the financial scenario as much as they might think. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes insurance, life insurance in those situations makes sense. Other times, it's just not worth the cost. Yeah. And, you know, it just kind of goes back to focusing on what you can control. You know, I think you could have two people in very similar situations that could choose two completely different options when it comes to some of this stuff. And they could both end up being happy as a result of it, even if, you know, the worst case scenario happened just based on how they look at things and what their risk they're comfortable with and how they want to live their life. Right. Sure. There's no perfect answer for everyone. You know, the one that, the one that just drives me crazy is, is, and is on a lot of people's minds is long-term care costs. Right. And how to deal with that. And there's just no good answer. There are insurance answers. They're expensive and they're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And, but for some people that paying that premium is their best path towards feeling they're doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the same could be said for people that, you know, look at that insurance cost and aren't, you know, as worried about it and feel like they're going to be in a good spot should something happen and are able to, you know, move on without insurance, even if they do end up needing money at some point in time for some of these costs. So it's just such an individualized decision. Um, But, you know, like you said, there's people that want the insurance side of it because it allows them to feel good and protected and not worry about that and be able to live their life now, which, you know, to some degree is priceless, right? Kind of circling back, we can't quantify or even attempt to quantify those decisions in a vacuum. We need to look at look at the bigger picture. Does a particular scenario really impact a person's plan or does it is it more of a psychological issue? And then what's the cost to deal with it? Absolutely. And and just to kind of um, wrap up too, Dave, I think one of the things that people forget is, you know, you're going to create this plan and then you're going to stress test it. And then, oh, by the way, in a year or two, everything's going to change. And so some of your answers to that stress test might change as a result of things that go on in your life. So it's it's always an ongoing process of looking at these things, looking at your plan, and kind of looking at some of the stress tests answers that you give because that stuff will change. Right. Yes. And uh, flexibility and balance remain key. 
So absolutely. Yeah. I don't really have much else to add on that. It's, it's always an interesting topic and it's actually in a way kind of, kind of fun to go in and see what actually breaks a plan and what doesn't, but that's the uh, financial planning nerd at work, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Probably way more fun for us than it is for our clients as we're going through some of that stuff. But so um, as always, if our listeners have questions about stress testing your plan, feel free to shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com. Dave, been a pleasure. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.